What's going on, everybody, and welcome back for episode 37 of Hit the Books. All the boys here this week ready to deliver news from all the leagues and even a little golf. As everyone knows, NBA Finals, NHL Conference Finals, moving quick, lots to cover. So let's jump in and introduce my co-hosts, Huff and Mackie. Huff, what's going on, my man? What's going on, everyone? Happy to be back another week. A lot going on. NHL playoffs looking like they're coming down to the bid here as we get down to the final. NBA Finals still going on, so a lot going on. Mackie, what's up with you? Back from vacation. How was a vacation? Yeah, it was good. You know, I missed last week, but, you know, we're back. Better than ever. Got uh, NBA and NHL playoffs coming down to the wire here, so a lot to talk about. Yeah, we'll get it right off the bat. We've been ice cold with the picks lately. Uh, good thing we had this fire start in the NHL because we've just fucking ripped it apart in the past about four or five. No, I'd say like week. Just tough week in the NHL for us past week. Yeah, last week's been been something for sure. It's all right, we were due. Yeah, I mean, with that start, we were up like 19 units at one point. We have to do that. I mean, yeah, we're back down. We're sitting at like nine and a half. Still crazy, but I mean, we got humbled. Yeah, real quick. It's all right, though. You know, being up 10 units in a, in a three-week span isn't, isn't very bad. Yeah, exactly. All righty, let's jump in. All righty, first, let's jump into the NFL. Sale of the Denver Broncos coming in at $4.5 billion to Robert Walton, marking most expensive team sale in American sports history. Chelsea Football Club being the most expensive sports franchise ever sold at a staggering $5.3 billion. Robert Walton is the owner of Walmart. He's, his business title is an heir to the Walton family. So I think I, I heard today he's the oldest son of the owner of Walmart. Ah, okay. His net worth is $56 billion. Oh my God. So that's insane. This guy's doing all right. Monday morning, yeah, I guess an NFL team. Just nothing like, to it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I still don't know if this is like going through because I heard something. This could be announced by like the end of the month or the beginning of July, but like um, it was just kind of announced. So I don't really know what they mean. I mean, obviously they have the official sale and all that stuff, but kind of what happened was. I guess this trust, I don't know who owns the Denver Broncos. I guess it's some sort of trust or something where uh, whenever they put it up for sale, they have to take the highest bid. And, I mean, any owner is going to take the highest bid, so I guess it doesn't really matter who owns it. So, uh, But anyway, I guess they were putting out reports that they had multiple bids for $4.5 billion and just hoping like to kind of build up the hype and kind of build up the, you know what I mean, the demand of the team, trying, yeah. to, get, trying to get an offer north of $4.5 billion. And the only offer they, I think it's the only offer they got was the four and a half billion from him. But um, I keep seeing stuff like it's if it gets approved, like I don't know what has to get approved. Like if he has the money, if if you can write a check for that much money, like I mean I know it's you can't just write you don't write just write a check for that, but like there's just laws and stuff to make sure that he can, you know, yeah, without amount of money, you gotta be like, and, just protocol. And, yeah. Make sure he's not having a monopoly on something. Like he doesn't have sh- like shares in something else, and yeah, conflict of interest, things like that. I can't believe it was like Mackie, like what you said. First thing like you said whenever you sent it to me, four and a half billion. 
Yeah, for the, for the Broncos, like why the Broncos? Why are they the, the at this point the most wealthy franchise in all four sport, major sports? I guess uh, at this point, I think it's just going to be the ones that go for sale are going to be the next. You know what I mean? Like they're just going to c- continue to break each continue other. Continue to go up. Yeah, I guess that, I guess we're coming to a new era. Like you know what I mean with especially with you know what I mean inflation the past year and a half like yeah that's what it is it's, the infl- it's inflation going up these teams that are worth two and a half billion they're like yeah give me four and the guy's like fuck it I don't care <laughs> like if you're spending two and a half billion you can afford four billion yeah yeah exactly you're not like if you have if you're spending two and a half billion you know you got an extra forty billion behind that, so yeah, or coming in, yeah, like him, Walmart, like he's gonna make five hundred million dollars tomorrow morning. <laughs> Unreal. You wanna keep moving on with the NFL stuff? What's next? Yeah, next we got the Los Angeles Rams and multi. Defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald, agrees to a two-year, $60 million extension. The extension gives him a $40 million raise over the last three years of his existing contract with no New Year's added. The three-year, now $95 million deal makes Aaron Donald the highest-paid non-quarterback in NFL history. That, that's insane. Like when I, I saw that number on ESPN today for... And to be the highest-paid non-quarterback ever, I just feel like... I mean, obviously, the year... the past couple seasons he's had with the all the accolades and now he's finally got the Super Bowl after you know what I mean getting there uh, a couple years ago against Brady and the Patriots and uh, his team only scoring the three points in the in the Super Bowl but um hell of a career for him I mean 35 million to fucking play nose tackle like the value some of these positions are getting that's just non it's not just quarterbacks anymore it used to be you know, the quarterback made twenty five, thirty million and then everyone else was like lucky to get fifteen, you know what I mean? I mean, now there's edge rushers making twenty eight, thirty, nose tackles making thirty, these receivers, some of them Devontae Adams, twenty five, twenty eight million, like it's crazy the money that's getting spread out to some of these players that aren't quarterbacks. But I mean Aaron Donald first first guy to surpass thirty million is the you know what I mean, not under center, so uh, it's pretty crazy. I mean, he definitely deserves it. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, yeah, he does deserve it, obviously. He's definitely one of the best in the game, if not the best in the game. Could be in the conversation of best to ever do it. But, I mean, I, I feel like he looked at them and he was like, give me $30 million a year, I'm retiring right now. And they're like, done. Like, obviously you're going to give him the money that he wants. He's Aaron Donald. Yeah. And with everyone saying, like, especially with the things with Sean McVay, uh, I forget what network he was supposed to go to, but there was rumors that he was going to sign with uh, some network to go. They were going to pay him, like, $40, $50 million a year to go be an analyst for football. Or not an you know what I mean? Like, on TV, like... um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Amazon, actually, or maybe it's in the future, but um, he ended up, obviously, you know what I mean? He's still the coach of the Rams, but... um, I think whenever he came back, they're kind of saying, like, I want the same team or he was going to go do that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why he, there was so much talk about him retiring when, <clears throat> when all that stuff was going on, but 
I'm talking about McVay, not Aaron Donald right now. But whenever there was all that talk about him retiring and going into the booth and doing the TV stuff, I mean, like, he would have just blown that whole team up. But I think no one would have stayed. I can yeah, see I, that. I, I agree. Yeah, your coach leaves, the entire team falls apart. So, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. So I think that's the biggest thing is, I mean, the, he ended up staying. But I, I don't know how legit that was with the with the TV deal and um, – with McVay, but Donald gets the big deal. They got everyone back. I mean, it's easy to say they should be a Super Bowl favorite, but um, the Buccaneers had everyone back last year, and um, everyone kept saying that we, <clears throat> they have all 11 starters on both sides of the ball. How is this team not the Super Bowl favorite? And, you know, the Rams come out and win it this year, so don't be surprised if this team, you know what I mean, makes it pretty far, but just because you have all, all, you know what I mean, the whole squad back doesn't mean – you know, another down doesn't always team. mean yeah. yeah. Especially with Tampa, they weren't even the best out. team in the. Tampa wasn't even the best team in the league. They just went on that little run at the end of the year at the right time. Yeah, but you know the Rams are were the best team in the league this year. I think so. They could be a little scarier than that Bucks team that we saw. Buccaneers were like if the Bengals would have won the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, a little better than that, but yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Definitely. Kind of this kind of the Cinderella team, but they got the hype because of Brady. Yeah, it was Brady, yeah. All right, next. After missing voluntary OTAs and asking to be traded, 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel is in attendance for San Francisco's mandatory minicamp that started today. That's interesting. Yeah, they were – I forget who was saying this. They've been saying this for a couple of weeks on ESPN. They expected him to be there. They didn't expect them to sit out on this because obviously this is where you start – uh, touching in your guaranteed money that um, is coming his way. So, obviously, you're going to show up to this, put your head down, play football. And, he, obviously, I think he's still hoping to get traded. But um, from what everyone's saying on ESPN and Twitter, I think don't be surprised if he's a 49er this year. Can just puts his head down, plays football, like I said, and um, kind of maybe deals with this next season as a true free agent. Yeah, I think he's uh, he's a little too young to be sitting out and demanding things right now. Obviously, he says he wants to be traded, but he'll play through until he actually gets that trade, I think. Yeah, and especially the the upside going on with San Francisco. I feel like I'm hearing a lot of hype with Trey Lance, and I think I have a lot of, I mean, not a lot of faith in him, but I'm excited to see what uh, goes on with that that situation at quarterback in San Francisco if they stick with Jimmy G, if they go with Trey Lance. Um you know, I think there's a lot of upside with him and that offense if he especially decides to still keep kind of playing that running back, wide receiver, you know what I mean, combo to try to get the big deal next summer as a true free agent. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, I mean, the 49ers aren't a bad team, obviously. They were in the conference finals game last year. You know, Debo is a huge part of that team. So, you know, if he stays, then the team could be just as good this year. Hopefully, Trey. If they if they do go with Trey Lance, hopefully you can ball out a little. I still can't believe the Packers blew that game against the 49ers. I can't. It's the Packers. That punt. Uh, that punt. Oh my god. You know which one I'm talking about? The one, I don't know if it got blocked or it was just muff punt. Oh my god, it was terrible. I don't remember. No. It was the one they scored the touchdown on. I think it got blocked. Maybe. It was brutal. But I, I had no faith in that 49ers team last year, but 
Obviously, they showed me up. I mean, I did against your Cowboys. I bet them against your Cowboys. That's for sure. <laughs> that's just a rule. But. Good stuff. Yeah, Cleveland Browns are reporting, reportedly having internal conversations about bringing back wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. This could be uh, an interesting situation. Obviously, all the stuff that's going on with Deshaun Watson, and really now there's a whole other spinoff of if he's going to play it all the season again and half the season, the whole season, indefinitely, like... I mean, you got to think sooner or later Roger Goodell's just going to put him on, like, the Josh Gordon list or the Antonio Brown list where you're just kind of, like, indefinitely suspended until he decides what he wants to do with you, whether no matter what happens with the legal team, just because, you know what I mean? Like, he's not bringing any good news to the NFL and, like, you know what I mean, football side. The NFL's a business, and if I'm running a business and this dude, you know what I mean, is just constantly being correlated with – I mean, the bad press and the bad media for all this stuff that he's done now, a 24th woman coming forward with this case. And uh, we'll just kind of touch on that point now. But, like, um, another, you know what I mean? Obviously, he gets through the 22 or 23, and another one steps forward. So um, who really knows what's going to happen with the Browns this year? So very interesting situation with them. So look for him. What'd you say? It's, it looks so bad. I mean, when things keep coming up, it looks so bad. He He's never going to be able to put this behind him. They should just give him the six-game suspension and call it. Call it I don't know. I can't believe Goodell hasn't just put him on an indefinite suspension list. You know what I mean? Like the Josh Gordon, like, I'll decide when you come back. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know why he's getting this special treatment. $240 million guaranteed. Yeah, they shouldn't even let him sign a contract. That was the big thing. Was that why did, you, why did anybody even let him sign a contract worth $240 million as he's being prosecuted for sexual assault? Yeah, for, on 22 cases. That was, that was a big fuck up by the NFL. That's Cleveland Browns for you, baby. They wanted that quarterback so no, bad. But that's still, the, that's still the NFL. The NFL could sit there and tell them you cannot yeah, sign this player right now. This player is off limits. But you're rewarding him with $240 million as he's being prosecuted for 22 sexual assault counts. I agree. If there's a team but, I'd know, rather get fucked over, it's, I mean, the Houston Texans are irrelevant, so I'd rather be Cleveland. Yeah. I think this is so funny. This is happening. I saw something be, Addison, Addison put on Twitter today about, like, what if what is it um uh N- npa uh non-disclosure agreement nda something like that he's like he started tweeting about that kind of stuff i'm like oh that's all he's gonna be worried about now is this court case i'm like two we- two months ago he was like oh we got the sean watson we're winning the super bowl <laughs> now they're back <laughs> in the courtroom and it's like all right are we even playing football this year or what are we doing here but f1 I want. I really want the perfect scenario. He gets suspended for the whole year, like, and then Baker holds out and is just like, "Fuck you guys, I'm out of here." That'd be. Oh my god, that'd be so funny. I mean. Alrighty, next quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick announces his retirement from the NFL after 17 seasons with nine different teams. Pretty good uh, career for him. What do you guys got? 
Jack, you want to start off on this one? You, you were you a big Fitz Magic fan? I mean, off I cut out. <clears throat> all right. I mean, yeah, he was the uh, best backup quarterback of all time. He would always uh, he only played well when he would come in behind after after a quarterback got hurt, and he would have to come in, and then he was Fitz Magic. But uh, you know, great career. He made a name for himself. Get out of there. I mean, he played had a long career, so played everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you said it. They were one of the, one of if not the best backup quarterback. I think I think in the past couple of years, the best backup is going to be. Obviously, people are going to bring up Nick Foles because he came in and won the Super Bowl. But um, different situation. I don't know if you know people want to make that argument that Fitzpatrick ever had a kind of team like that. But that's a different argument for a different day. Hell of a career for him. I could name like a bunch of different scenarios where he's had crazy moments throughout his career. But just this past year, where was he with Miami last season, or was he behind Tua last year? I'm not really sure to be honest. I, I don't know where I, he. For finished. some reason, think he was behind Tua last year, and it was either last year or the year before they were playing the Oakland Raiders when he got face masked. They were down twenty-three to twenty. He got face masked. They were on like their own thirty-five yard line. He threw it up. I forget who caught it. I think it was Devontae Parker. All right, I got one more point here for the NFL. Little betting trend: the Buffalo Bills have attracted twice as many bets and more than twice as much money wagered to win the Super Bowl than any other team on DraftKings this year. It's interesting. Very interesting. I guess they got a lot of faith in Josh Allen this year. Yeah, it's, who knows, right? Like, a lot of money. Twice as much as any other team. That's surprising, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, I think they are the... They are the Super Bowl favorite just because without this movement going around with all in the AFC, they're the team that kind of stayed consistent and got better. Yeah. Like, I think if you asked, like, the most square NFL better, they'd say the Super Bowl is going to be, like, I mean, they, they might be right. They might be right. They might get one of them, but I think they'd say Rams, Bills. That's just my opinion. Yeah, it's very expected for someone to be like, this is going to be the Super Bowl, Bills-Rams. I think that's the most common combination you would get. Yeah, there's just going to be teams out in the AFC. Denver. The whole entire AFC West. All righty, wrapping up the NFL, let's jump into some NBA. First, we got LeBron James becomes the first active professional athlete to reach the financial status of billionaire, according to Forbes. Holy crap. Like, I mean, the source unreal. of income this guy has coming in. Oh, the source of income this guy has coming in. I mean, throughout his entire career, obviously, like, especially from what he's come from, I mean, building schools and night with his Nike deal throughout the year, like the stuff he's done on and off the court, it's crazy. But, I mean,. Never hear this dude in the news for anything bad. So to reach the financial status of a billionaire while you're still playing hoops and uh, with the goal to, you know what I mean? Obviously his goal is to play with his son someday in the future, but unreal career, obviously. Like you don't even need to sit here and act like no one knows who this guy is. So the four titles, everything he's done on the court, off the court, unreal. But uh, just the fact to do it while you're active is crazy. 
my opinion, best basketball player of all time. And, you know, this is well-deserved with everything he's done for the community. His I Promise school that he did in Cleveland, just giving back and everything. You know, he's just, I don't know how anybody could hate this man, but good for him. Very good for him. Utah Jazz and Quinn Schneider mutually part ways, leaving the Utah Jazz with a head coaching vacancy. Along with the news came the star guard, Donovan Mitchell, described the situation as unsettling, unnerving, and wondering what it means for the franchise's future. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think we don't see uh, Donovan Mitchell in a Utah u- uniform this year. I think that team's a lot different this year. I think they try to rebuild around Rudy Gobert, I guess, because they're not going to keep both of them. And, you know, get some pieces for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I mean, you alluded to this. You sent it to me. So, uh, him possibly, you know, I've seen a couple trade destinations for him. I mean, the Knicks are definitely there. They think that's definitely a possibility for him to go there. But uh, there's a couple landing spots. I didn't really peek around to some of the other ones, but... Obviously, any team that gets thought of a Mitchell, that's going to be a huge addition for them going into the next season. It's going to be very interesting to see where he goes. Is uh, Utah had a nice year this year, but I don't think really at any point. I think they were one of the most disrespected playoff teams. I like. I had no faith in them this year to do anything. They were playing yeah, I mean, Dallas, who was a lower seed than them, and I knew. I just had. I just thought Dallas was going to win that series. I knew Luca was out, and a couple times I doubted Dallas in that series, but. With Luca in that series, I was like, okay, this is Dallas in five. Utah was dominant at home this year. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're always dominant at home, but they're awful on the road. And we saw them as a one seed two years ago, and they would they lose to uh, would they lose to the four seed Clippers maybe? Yeah, Clippers lost to the Clippers, and you know they they were sick that year, and they couldn't do it that year. They weren't going to be able to do it this year. I don't know. They got They just couldn't figure it out together. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see where he goes. Like you said, I don't think we see him play another game for the Jazz. Hopefully, the Knicks. Be, be interesting. Alrighty, let's jump into some NBA Finals. Boston Celtics win Game One of the NBA Finals. 120 to 108, the Celtics outscored the Warriors 40 to 16 in the fourth quarter to come back and steal game one in Golden State. All right, and in game two, the Warriors bounced back, winning 107 to 88 on their home floor. Series is now tied one to one, going back to Boston for games three and four. Going to be a good series, I think. Mike, you want to start out here? Not yeah, I think, I, don't know, I, I think this series definitely comes back to Golden State 2 2. Um, I I don't know. I feel like it should be two nothing right now. They Golden State handed them that game one win because they all they had to do was win. They could have lost by eleven in that for in that fourth quarter and still won the game. And you know, forty to sixteen in the fourth quarter is just you. You, uh, you just can't do that, especially a team that has ex- that that much experience that they have and. You know how good their defense is. It's just that this can't happen. So, you know they got they bounced back game two. Just got to steal one in Boston now, and you're back on track. I think they still come out on, on top in this series. Do you think particularly? Do you think they take game three or four? I I think game four. I think Boston wins tomorrow. Actually, 
and then Warriors take game four or five, and I don't they they could potentially take six too. I th- yeah, I was gonna, my take going into this series was as soon as the Warriors have three wins. I mean, obviously, if they got there, I think as soon as the Warriors have three wins, the series is over. Yeah, because they'll get that fourth one the next game. Like they're not, they will not mess around when they have that series. They when they can clinch it. And Boston hasn't been very good on the road this year in the playoff or in the playoffs at least. They're five they've, and four. They've or, struggled no, in the series at clinching, home. They've struggled in series clinching games on their home floor as well. Yeah, they're only five and four in the playoffs this year at home. So, I mean, it's, you look at the Milwaukee series at, on their home floor. Yeah, um, they're up three two. They probably should have lost that series going back to Milwaukee. Yeah. No, no, they they were home. Game game seven. They lost game five and then won game six and game seven. That's what I mean. They could've put they could have put that in position, you know what I mean, to go to Milwaukee and win it and then come home, you know what I mean? Like all right, we just uh-huh. can't lose two straight. Yeah, but they, they had to win one on the road game six in Milwaukee and then you know, coming home game seven, you don't really lose most most home teams don't lose a game seven game. Yeah. He did. That was one big red win for the Celtics. Keynes did. Yeah. But I don't know. What do you what's your serious prediction? I still think I'm still going with Warriors and Six. Yeah, I, I got Warriors and Six or or seven. I actually I don't know. I got him in six. Six looks realistic, I think. I don't know. Because I do think Celtics win tomorrow night, but to go with my thing, like I think literally what you said. I think we're. I think Celtics win Game Three, Warriors four, five, six series is over. Yeah, I think it's a high possibility. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'll. I'm sticking with my pick, Warriors in six. All right, let's go to some hockey. Let's jump. Yeah, let's jump in some NHL. Nathan McKinnon and the Colorado Avalanche complete a four-game sweep of Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers in the Western Conference Finals. The Avalanche will, will advance their first Stanley Cup final since 2001. Colorado will await the winner of the Tampa Bay Lightning and New York Rangers series. Pretty interesting series there. You know, I, I thought going into that game four with the Oilers going up and then just a back-and-forth game. I thought they were going to come out on top there in overtime, but Colorado took it. Yeah, I was pretty surprised to see them sweep this series. Obviously, all the hype that everyone, you know what I mean, wanted to see this series. I was talking about this as soon as I kind of realized it could line up this way out in the West. Obviously, I don't really have a team that I root for out there, but as soon as I realized I could see McKinnon versus McDavid in the NHL playoffs, I definitely wanted, especially the Western Conference Finals, I really wanted to see that matchup, and to you know, see the series end in four games is a little bit of a disappointment from a fan perspective. You know, you wanted to see that series go seven, like, uh, like it's looking like Tampa Bay and New York could go. But yeah, you know, the Avs dominated the series. There were certain times when the uh, Oilers, you know what I mean, showed their, you know, how the offensive power that they showed throughout the entire season with McDavid and Evander Kane and Drysaitel, and they, you know what I mean. Even last game, like, uh, they were up three uh, one at one point and. You know what I mean? Then the Avs four two, four two. Yeah, I was gonna say four two, and then uh, the scoring just gets up there. Avs end up winning it uh, pretty quick in overtime to clinch a series and head to the Stanley Cup final. But 
for McDavid, I feel like that's a tough pill to swallow getting swept by, you know, a guy that um, you're kind of not really compared to for, like, skill, but you know what I mean? Like, you hate to see McKinnon get a cup before you, you know what I mean, with playoff success and the kind of teams that you're on. But McDavid will be back. I just feel like it's going to be interesting to see what the Oilers do. they got to get a goalie for him. Yeah, I mean, the the thing about this series was that Avalanche were so overpowering and the Oilers didn't have a goalie to withstand that pressure that they would have that when they would have the puck in the zone for four minutes straight and the goalie would have to make three, three nice saves. They like keep it a close game. Mike Smith wasn't able to do that. And you know, the Avalanche, this is one of the best teams we've seen in the recent past. I, I think in the past like five years, the Avalanche team, five, 10 years, the Avalanche team is probably the best team we've seen. And you know, you need a you have a team like the Oilers who have two of the best players in the world on it. But, you know, other than that, that team really isn't that good. So they, they did the, they did what they needed to do. They put up their points. But they, they had like thirty two points each in like sixteen games. It was ridiculous, but it's just not enough against that Avalanche team. They're, that team is so sound up and down. They don't have a weak spot. So, you know, hopefully I I, I wanted to see Oilers get at least one or two, but the close ones they just couldn't they couldn't win. So we saw we saw a sweep, and this Avalanche team moves on to this to the final. Yeah, they're gonna be waiting like a week to play, which could either be a good or a bad thing. So I never think that's a good thing. Too much rest is not good. Well, we just seen with Tampa that it wasn't a good thing. Yeah. Let's see, I'm interested to see how that rest. Uh, calculates into that series. Yeah, I'm fully rooting for the Avalanche at this point. Once Penguins lost, I was like, fuck it, I like McKinnon, I'll just go with them. It's, I mean, obviously, yeah, they're, I mean, the most, they're definitely the most exciting team to watch. Uh, scoring like six six goals a game, five goals a game um, every night, it's just crazy. So, um, Kale McCarr, you know what I mean? You look around the lineup, like you said, it's just top to bottom, they're stacked. Um, they're the Kale McCarr had five points last night. Yeah, they've been the favorite to win the cup all season for a reason. Um, that's why they're moving on. Four more wins for the Avalanche. They got this thing unlocked. Yeah, we'll see how it goes down. You said it, Avs moving on to the finals. Let's jump over to the Eastern Conference. We got the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Rangers tied up at two apiece now after game four tonight, Tampa winning four to one. What do we got, Mackie? You and your Rangers. Uh, tonight, but well, who knows, you know? First, I want to say this is a great series, both goal, a huge goaltending matchup. You know, going into these Western or to these conference finals game or matchups, we had McDavid and McKinnon, and then we had uh, Bezlevsky and Shisirkin. And McDavid and McKinnon didn't really live up to the hype, but I was going to say this Bezlesky series is living up to the hype way more than this, the other series. They are. They are definitely living up to the hype. Both goalies are playing wonderful this series, but you know, Rangers had it up. They they scored. I mean, they win the first two games at home. Tampa wins the next two games at home. I said that in the beginning of the series. Just gonna point that out. But um, I I, I don't know. We should have we should have won Game Three, and that's the story of the series so far, and that's why it's tied up right now because we're up two nothing in Game Three. Tampa is they everything is washed out of them. Their faces went pale. They, 
they were on their they were on their heels. They didn't know what to do. You, you we get a bunch of penalties. They score two power play goals, but they're right back in it. They score with thirty seconds left in the game, and that's the story of game three. And now we're sitting here tied up in a series two two, and it should be three to one, or maybe maybe we win that game if we go three nothing. So it it just game three is the story of this series so far, and I just hope it doesn't come back to bite us in our ass. But you know, we just gotta win our home games. We win our home games, take care of business, and we play Colorado in the Stanley Cup final. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, get like you said, game five, come back to New York, best of three. You guys have home ice and a best of three. So um, I just I wouldn't want to see Vasilevsky in a game seven. He's, he, he also just gained all the confidence he needed in these last two games. He let up three goals over the past two games. Um, it's just when this guy's on. I mean, obviously, your goal is Shesterkin's sick, too. So, um, could go either way, obviously. when You know what I mean? When a goalie's on home ice, things, you know what I mean? Different things happen, the confidence. But um, I would not want to see this guy in a game seven. I mean, the stat was, you know what I mean? The Obviously, the, you know what I mean? Wins off a loss stat just broke, um, obviously, with them losing game two of this series. But um, him... His save percentage or his goals against and get in elimination games is unreal. Yeah, so, you know, hopefully we don't have to get there. Hopefully we can just win these next two games, which also I don't see happening. But I don't know. You know, we put ourselves in a, in a tough situation here now, not winning game three. My original pick before the series was Lightning and six. I don't know if I feel too good about that, but obviously it's still alive. But. I don't have any money or anything on it. It was just a, you know, I mean, make a pick, but yeah. Um, I didn't think the Rangers. I mean, would be I had lightning in six like too, so. I didn't think the Rangers would be playing with them like this. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. As a Rangers fan, I didn't either, but we're here now, so can't you can't let off the gas. You got to win Game Five. That's what it comes down to. You got to win. You got to win their home game. You could, you got to defend home ice at this point. Yeah, they have to win game five. I was going to say, what do you think about this series? Yeah, this series is just like, I don't know. You, you, that Vasilevsky stat just keeps coming into my head. You can't underestimate the man. But Shesterkin is here to play. Like, he's not fucking around. He's good. He's shown that he can kick ass in series no problem i think it's truly a goalie battle coming into the end of the coming down to the series coming through four games here so i think it's going to be good the rest of the way and a couple uh things coming out of the golf world this past week with uh, that live golf tour kind of getting um going as i think their first event might be this weekend or next weekend in london um, Dustin Johnson becomes the latest player to officially resign from his membership on the PGA Tour Tuesday. Uh, Johnson's decision is surprising more than uh, that made by others, such as Louis Eustachian and Sir, uh, Sergio Garcia, uh, as the 37-year-old had more to lose as he was on the cusp of securing a lifetime membership on the PGA Tour with more than 20 wins while in the midst of his 15th season on tour. I saw that one on CBS Sports, and then, Obviously, another one, another big name with uh, Dustin Johnson. I mean, 
in Dustin Johnson's case, sign. I mean, he did get. I saw upwards of 120, 100, 125 million dollars to join this Live Golf Tour, or however you say it. But insane amounts of money. This Saudi-based company or whatever it is is just handing out money to these golfers to come to their um, competitive league. I guess you would say to the PGA Tour, but. Their big name is uh, Phil Mickelson. After months of silence, it's officially announced that he'll be joining uh, Live Golf as well. During his announcement, Mickelson acknowledged the reason, mostly uh, that a recent struggle with a gambling problem, which led him to lose uh, around $40 million. Mickelson said in an interview he will be getting paid roughly $200 million to join Live Golf. Unbelievable, man. That's crazy. Where is this money coming from? Just to, like... I don't know. That, that's like how between these two dudes, three hundred twenty-five million. Two guys. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't, and it's guaranteed. It's all guaranteed too. Yeah, they said it's fully guaranteed, or I wouldn't be doing it. I don't know. Like the. That's why it's like I, I. That's why so many people are like giving them all this backlash. But it's also like they do it too. Yeah, I don't know how you can turn down two hundred million dollars. I mean, Tiger Woods hasn't even made that in his career earnings playing against PGA, and he's the best golfer of all time. I mean, he's probably a billionaire, but that's obviously all off the course. Yeah, yeah but the, like, his career earnings is like $114 million, I saw. Yeah, and that's because in the PGA, the way the PGA is set up, there's no guaranteed money. you got to win. you got to win. you got to win. I, I think it may take away from the competitiveness a little, but... But what's going to be interesting to see is if these guys are allowed to come back and compete in majors because, like Johnson was saying, is um, he's interested to see if he's allowed to come back. Like It doesn't seem like some of these guys are putting that too big of a... You know what I mean? Like too much of a priority like when you're getting paid 125 to 200 million dollars it's like eh, how bad do you want to play in the u.s open yeah it's and then it's, at that point you're like if they don't want me back then all right i'll retire with 200 million dollars yeah like some 37 retire with 125 million in the bank phil mickelson he's 40 something retire with fuck who knows how much money he has i mean obviously i just said he lost 40 million but 200 million coming in like um, I hope he has money in the bank. You know what I mean? Like, if he's joining, if he's down that bad, like, I don't know how he blew everything he had. <laughs> he yeah, making, I don't know. He was making bread for who knows how long. Yeah, this is all pretty. I'm not sure when this London when this London event is, but I don't know if it's going to be on TV, like if the U.S. company, you know what I mean, like national TV is going to be broadcasting it. I don't know what's going on with all that stuff, so I haven't really heard too much. So it's kind of been like out of the news, so I don't know if that's kind of going to how it's going to be over here. But um, in Lo- the first events in London, from what I understand, most of the events are going to be in Europe, uh, Europe, Africa, I think, like obviously um, anywhere over there, but going to be interesting to see if it's on national tv if we get a lot of coverage of it obviously you're going to hear about it on twitter and instagram and all that stuff um but it's going to be interesting to see yeah it should definitely be interesting to see how how it goes i'm kind of excited for that that's going to be good with all this money moving around and stuff keeping these good players back in or keep these players playing 200 million dollars (laughs) <laughs> fucking golf unbelievable 
All right, that's going to do it this week. Keep an eye on our picks daily. We're looking to put out some more MLB. Keep moving on the finals here for the NBA, as well as conference finals moving into the Stanley Cup finals for the NHL. I think that's all we got this week. Anything else, boys? No, that's it. Another great week. All right, thanks for listening. See you next week. Have a good one, boys. See you next week. And that's going to do it for us this week on Hit the Books Podcast. Thank you for all the support week in and week out. Please be sure to share and check out our various social media platforms and check out our website. All the info is located in our link tree in the description below. And always remember to hit the books. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.